All right, good morning, Crossroads Ministries. We want to thank you for joining us here at worship here this morning. For those of you in the auditorium, would you please stand as you worship? Uh, for those of you who are joining us online, we want to thank you for joining us and being here as well.
Good morning, Crossroads. <laughs> Good morning. So, listen, I want to welcome our guests. If we have any guests in the house, please stop by the Welcome Center on your way out. It's on your right as you are in the foyer walking out, and there's great people there. would love to give you a gift, free gift, by just saying thanks for being here. So please stop by the Welcome Center. Welcome those joining us online as well. Um, the, 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 the snowflakes yesterday were like the size of my head, which I have a pretty big head. So, I mean, that was, that was impressive. Um, so hopefully you all got to take that in uh, safely. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're, we're glad that you're all here and we're thrilled to be here. We're gathering here because we're, we're under one mission, and that is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we are here. And so every weekend we remind ourselves we're here for Christ. We are here for Jesus we're not here to feel better. We're here for the truth. We're here to follow Christ. And so we're thrilled that we can gather on this uh, 
A little bit of a dusting morning, so we're glad that you're all here. Hey, if you look in your bulletin, I want to encourage you. There's um, there's some stuff in there for students. There's Winter Jam coming up uh, at here in a couple weeks. So if you have any uh, high school students, that's for you. Check, make sure you check that out. Winter Jam is coming up. It's over at the Peterson Center. Uh, if you have any high school students, if you know someone that has a high school student, get them to get them to sign up. It's going to be a real great time. Um, and so just uh, check that information out in your bulletin as well on our website. You can register for that and. Crossroads, we are in the 21 days of prayer. So if you, how many of you got the text this morning, the 21 days of prayer? If you would like to receive the text in your bulletin, there's a little QR code. So if you pull out your camera and you can scan it and it will take you to that website. If that scares you, you can go on our website and you can see uh, more information on how to sign up for the 21 days of prayer uh, text messages that will come out every day, just daily encouragement uh, with a prayer uh, and also some scripture to encourage you along the way. And uh, I hope that you have grabbed your book. If you have not done so, there's a handout in your, there's a slip of paper in your bulletin. Grab that, fill it out, put it in the small chest in the foyer, and then grab that book, 21 Days of Prayer. Uh, prayer it will be our prayer guide for the 21 Days of Prayer by Dave Early. And uh, this is going to take us through just prayers that are going to help us pray more. That's what this is about. It's not starting to pray. Because uh, I know it's easy to look at this and say, oh, I, well, I do pray. We want, we want to challenge our church to pray more. And so Pastor Ken will share some more uh, about that in a little bit. But the 21 Days of Prayer starts today, Crossroads. And we are so excited to watch the hand of God move. And we believe it. We have faith and we trust that he's going to move. And his, he's calling his church to pray. So we're going to step up and do that with churches all around the world. So this is truly not just a, a little town of Finleyville thing. This is beyond us, which is so exciting. So 21 Days of Prayer starts today. Grab that book on your way out. Sign up, commit, be a part of it, and it's going to be incredible to watch God move. And then I also want to say that on the 30th, uh, in your bulletin, there's a handout for the Refuel One Day Conference. And so this is free. It's open to anybody. Um, if you know of somebody that goes to a different church, invite them to come. This is a free uh, one-day conference. Uh, nine, it starts at 9 a.m., and this is going to be, if you flip it over on the back, there's all kinds of speakers throughout today. Uh, Gary Habermas, Dr. Habermas is from Liberty University. He is a, a phenomenal professor. Uh, he is the authority on the resurrection of Jesus. So he's going to be here, which is incredible. And I encourage you to look him up. Um, this is worth your time to be here. Um, Kent Chevalier is the chaplain for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which... Go Steelers. That was awesome. Uh, so listen, I want to encourage you to be here. This is going to be great. Um, you know, Kent is a, a guy that I've been getting to know over the phone. And so, uh, again, just barring the Steelers in the playoffs, we'll see where they're at. But he, will, he is planning to be here to speak, uh, as well as Dave Early, who wrote the 21 Days of Prayer Guide that we're going through. Uh, he will be here as well as, a, as a, uh, also a mix of different breakout speakers that day. So I encourage you. This is going to be great. This information is for you to be encouraged, to be refueled. Again, this is open to everybody, but there's already people signed up, um, some from West Virginia, Ohio, and all over Pennsylvania. So this is exciting. January 30th, right here at our own church. So this is really cool refuel. Crossroads, our birthday gift to Jesus. We've been continuing to just watch God move. And so we do have an update for you. Look at the, look at the screen. Look at this update. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yes. So again, just a reminder that all of our partners all over the world, we are praying and asking God to provide and he has. Uh, so all that number you see on the screen is all that goes out. So just be encouraged because God is doing something so much bigger than we can imagine. And that's that's who he is. 
He's always going to blow our minds. We just need to have we just need to have eyes to see it, right? Ears to hear it. And so be encouraged. And thank you for for giving on top of uh, the birthday gift of Jesus, continuing to give faithfully every week. Um, you can give online through the mail or the offering boxes here at the church. But Crossroads, um, God is just doing the work, and we're continuing to just step out in faith and trust Him. That's that's our goal. That's what we're doing, is to grow in our walk with Christ. And then we got to tell others. People got to hear about Jesus. So this morning, let's pray, and then uh, we're going to continue on this morning in worship. Lord, we are um, thankful, God, that we can be here, uh, that we can worship you, that we can come to you, God. We are coming in, Lord, sitting next to our families. We're coming in, uh, Lord, just individually. Lord, we're coming in, uh, God, with people coming um, then, you know, maybe coming a little bit late. God, we're, we're coming in from different situations. This morning was great. This morning wasn't great. Uh, yesterday was okay. Like, God, there's just the, the feelings are all over the place. But, God, you center us and you focus us on what matters most. And that is you. It will always be you. So just wake us up this morning. Remind us that you are God and that we're not. And so this morning... We want to worship you. We want to praise you. We want to thank you, Lord. And maybe uh, it doesn't come from songs and vocalizing those songs, the words, but maybe it just comes from gratefulness in our hearts. Lord, we're here to worship you. Holy Spirit, move in this church to the point where we just know you're here. God, we know you're here, whether we believe it or not, but we want to feel it. We want to experience you this morning. Jesus, we worship you. We praise you for your death and resurrection. It is all in the powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. And everybody said, Amen.
Well, welcome to 2024 at Crossroads, huh? What a powerful morning. Let's thank God for our powerful time of worship that we've had here today. I'm so thankful for all that he's done here in the church and what God is going to continue to do. Uh, how about that birthday gift to Jesus, huh? Let's thank God again for that. 147, almost 148. You can continue to give to that, and uh, those checks are going to be flying out of here. We're going to send them overseas to bless the world. Amen? What a miracle that God has done. And, like, just you've watched that thing just grow, and we've been asking, we've been seeking the Lord, and He's provided. And I'm confident that we're going to go over that 150 mark. So what, what an amazing God we have. And we just serve Him and honor Him and bless Him. I was thinking this morning about some of those missionaries around the world. I was thinking about John Fowler this morning. John Fowler grew up here in the church. Uh, he was a young teenager. He was running from God, and God got a hold of him right here at the church. And uh, he became a follower of Christ. He became dedicated to the Lord. One off, and God directed his path many places, and God took him down to Panama. And he's a leading word of life um, for Panama, this ministry that reaches around the globe. And I had the privilege of baptizing him and his wife here in our little baptistry whenever they were teenagers. So what, what an awesome privilege that God has given us to impact our world. Amen? God is doing big things. I want to encourage you, uh, you know, from this little hill, God does great things. And it's uh, from what it's all about him. It's what he's done and how he is moving. So I want to encourage you to jump in with us on our 21 days of prayer. Uh, grab, grab your book out there today. If you've not yet uh, grabbed it, grab it today and, uh, and join us. If you will sign up the little paper in your bulletin there, if you will sign up via the little paper in the bulletin and put it in the chest by the box, You'll get a daily email. The email will be different from the text. You also can sign up for the text. You'll get a daily email, a daily text. We want to do everything that we can to help you be successful for the next 21 days in praying. And so if you've been praying, you say, man, I am already praying. I want to ask you to grab one of these books and pray with us. We're going to learn how to do this together as a church. We're going to ask the Lord to, to move mightily as he has done. And I'll just share with you how this all happened. Last year, in, uh, during our 21 days of prayer, I began to see God do miracles in our church. We asked you to pray, and people were taking books. People were, college students were tuning in, and, and God was doing revival everywhere as we were seeking the Lord. So I was planning ahead. I was thinking about next year. So a year ago, I was asking, and I had read the book by Dave Early, The 21 Most Effective Prayers of the Bible. I had read it many years ago. It was on my shelf. I pulled it out and said, I want everybody in our church to read this. Dave Early was here for our refuel conference, and so I said, Dave, can you get me 500 books? He goes, well, that book's out of print. I said, well, I didn't ask you that. I asked you, can you get me 500 books? All right, so we've been, we began to work, and so he, he uh, called back a week later, and he says, hey, do you think uh, my church could do the 21 days of prayer with your church? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And then he called back a few weeks later. He says, I just feel God tugging on my heart that this needs to become global. And so he has connections all around the world. And so today there are thousands upon thousands. I want to just show you some of the prayer meetings that are happening around the world. We have those pictures. Just kind of scroll through those pictures there. There's people all over the world, not just here in the United States, but all around the globe that are joining us in prayer during these 21 days. Some started on January the 1st. Many are starting on this Sunday today. 
I know right now, City Church up in Newcastle is praying, uh, Garwood Church, New Day Church. We have all these churches around here that I know the pastors and I've been, uh, that we care for them and love them. And they have said, hey, we're going to do this. So there are over 2,000 people, I believe, in the Pittsburgh area that are doing this. So can we thank God for what he has done? Amen. God is moving in our, in our land. So I want to encourage you to uh, to grab your book and don't miss out on the global event that God is doing. God started this and we're just going to wait and see where God's going to take us. And we're going to see how God moves and what God begins to do in our lives as we begin to seek him. So as you as you think about prayer, you know, when I'm reminded of prayer, if you go to Google and you just Google the word prayer, you'll see it comes up about one point seven. I think it's billion. Entries. That's amazing. Like, there's just so many zeros, I can't even count them all, right? 1.7 billion entries come up whenever you do a Google search on prayer. 140 million videos, um, 4 million books, 6 million news articles. And so there's all kind of options out there for when people are talking about prayer. People are hungry for prayer. People are seeking. Like, uh, the fact that it's even a prayer search on Google. Like the fact that people can go on there. And here's what I believe today. I believe that people are searching for God. And there's something inside of every one of us that creates this desire and hunger for God. You may have friends that you know, and, and all of a sudden they start asking you questions about God. Why? And here's why. Because Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this. God made everything beautiful in his time. Beautiful in its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so... People cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. The Lord has planted eternity in the heart of every human. So there's something inside of us. And you know what that is? It is God has made us to pray. The reason that you were created was to have fellowship with God. And as you have fellowship with God, how do you have fellowship with God? You pray. So the very reason for your existence was to pray. The very reason that God made you was so that you can commune with a holy God and so that you can have this relationship with God. And so as you have this desire that's placed in you, you want to know more about who God is. You know, many people are taking that search and they're going the wrong way with it. Many people are searching in many spirit worlds. But let me tell you, thanks be to God, we understand that we have the spirit, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so God has planted eternity in the heart of every human. And so as, as you think about prayer, I'm reminded of some of the prayer warriors in the church through the years. Back uh, in my lifetime here at the church, and I've been here for my lifetime, I really have. I started coming here as a seven-year-old little kid. They, they had these buses, and I've told you this before. They brought my, I, ran, I came in on a, on a school bus to church. And so as we came in and we, we roamed around the building, we began, began to get to know people, began to talk, have fun, and people began to care and love for us. So here I was, I was in second grade, and I met a man by the name of Matt Pettigrew. Matt Pettigrew was an old man. He was old then. Um, he, was, he was the guy in the room, you know, they'd always have, there was always the one teacher who really was the outgoing, and then you'd have the guy who was not so outgoing. Well, in that class, neither one of them were outgoing. <laughs> but Matt Pettigrew, he stood in the background, 
And Matt Pettigrew could hardly say two words. I mean, he was just so humble. He was so quiet. I'll never forget he would wear his suit jacket every Sunday. He had a tie and a suit jacket. And uh, and he would just kind of stand there, and he'd call me by my name. Kenny Barner. That's what they all called me when I was a kid around here. You know, Kenny Barner. Now, you don't call me Kenny anymore, right? So, Kenny Barner, right? So, they call me Kenny Barner. Kenny Barner. And so as, uh, as he would talk to me, he began to pray for me, and I didn't realize that that was what was happening. But through the years, he would often tell me, he'd say, Kenny Barner, I'm praying for you. Kenny Barner, you better straighten up. I'm praying for you. Kenny Barner, I'm praying for you. Kenny Barner. And he kept going on about Kenny Barner and how he'd pray for Kenny Barner. And I believe he prayed for all the kids in my class. And so throughout the years, you know, I moved on from second grade. Hard to believe, I know that, but I did get out of second grade, I think, by birthright. And, you know, they said, get out of here, you're too old. So I moved on out of his class, and they moved me to the third grade, to fourth grade. We made it to middle school. I meet up with Matt Pettigrew as I'm a rambunctious teenager running around the church. He says, Kenny Barner, I'm praying for you. Okay. I mean, you're junior high. I mean, nothing registers sometimes, you know. And so I just kind of kept going. And then uh, Matt Pettigrew came to me in my senior year whenever I was graduating high school. He said, Kenny Barner, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And I've prayed for you every day since the second grade. I came back in 1990 and I became the youth pastor of the church here. And I mean, I was rambunctious. I went off to Bible college and I came back and I was ready to take on the world. We were going to have the greatest youth group in all of America not because of me, but because of God, right? And I got in here, and what I do, I get met up with Matt Pettigrew. Matt Pettigrew comes to me after I've graduated college. He says, I just want to congratulate you. I'm praying for you. And Kenny Barner, I prayed for you every day since the second grade. And I'm like, okay, God, it's kind of hit me then. And then as I kept aging and kept growing and the youth group kept growing. You know what Matt Pettigrew would say to me all the time? Kenny Barner, I'm still praying for you. Kenny Barner, I'm on your radar. Kenny Barner, I haven't stopped praying. And so I had a guy in my life that got up at five in the morning and got on his knees and prayed for me. And he sought God. He sought, and he said, Lord, Kenny Barner can't see what his life is going to get into. Kenny Barner don't have a clue at what's going to happen, but you do, God. And he prayed and he asked the Lord for me. And somehow you wonder how I became the pastor of the church. It's because God answered prayers. Now, I don't think he was praying for me to be the pastor, but he was praying for me that I would follow God and that I would love God and honor him. And that I would love people. And so this was the, this was the prayer. There were other prayer warriors in my life. We had, uh, Fran and Walt Waddell. I'll never forget Walt, Walter Waddell. On that bus that came in from Pittsburgh, we would stop, as we got older into my teenage years, we would stop down at the Baptist home down there in Castle Shannon. And Fran and Walt Waddell, they couldn't drive. He had, uh, he had a leg that had been amputated from sugar. And so in their aging years, they came on the same bus as us, and I got to know Mr. Waddell and Mrs. Waddell. And uh, they were comical. They really were. You know how sometimes when older people kind of like start squabbling with each other just because you're older? That's how Fran and Walt Waddell were. Yeah, it'd be like, I just, we used to, me and Phil Al would sit on the bus and laugh because they'd be like, Fran, 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 Fran. But you know what Walt would do and Fran would do? They took a care from me as a teenager, and they said, we're going to pray for you. 
And so I started praying. They started praying for me. I go off to college. And who do I get a note from about every other week in the mail? But from Mr. Waddell. And what did his note to me as a college student say? I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. And so as I look at this legacy of prayer, I'm reminded that this church here that you are in today is here as a result of the legacy of prayer. Like like God decided to do something in this place. And God led and directed people here. And as they came, they prayed and they sought the Lord. And they asked God, they said, God, would you send in a kid on the bus? We're sending the bus down to Dormont. Would you send some kids in? And they didn't have a clue what God was going to do. But they knew that God was faithful. And folks, I want to take our church to that. You see, we live in a world where People talk about leadership. They talk about success. And I think that there is great things about leadership that we can learn. But let me tell you, the greatest thing that I've learned about leadership was from Matt Pettigrew and Walt Waddell. And it was to get on our knees before God for the people of God. And I want to encourage you, as we meet this year, let's, uh, let's look at prayer and as we go into 2024, we're starting the 21 days of prayer. I want to ask you to take this extremely seriously. I want to ask you to pray more than you've ever prayed before. You say, well, I have a daily prayer time. I'm going to ask you to have two. You say, well, I pray 10 minutes a day. I'm going to ask you to pray 15. I'm going to ask men to pray with their wives. Husbands, pray with your wives this year. Go and take the next 21 days. I made that commitment with my wife. I said, honey, we're going to sit down and pray. And so yesterday afternoon, we sat down at the table and we prayed together. I want to encourage you to do the same thing in your family. I want to encourage you to pray with your children. I want to encourage you to pray at your work. You don't have to go down the halls and make a big scene, but get alone with God and pray. I want to encourage you to pray more than you've ever prayed. And as we jump into this, I realize that there are a few misconceptions about prayer. Some people have this conception about prayer, and this is some of the things that hold us back from praying more. Number one, they think it's a, a genie lamp. You know, you remember Aladdin with his genie lamp? If I come and I just rub that lamp, I'll get my three wishes, right? And I think some of you are like that in prayer. And I think I've been like that at times. God, it didn't work. And then we get frustrated. And then we'll get on another bandwagon and we'll say, I'm going to do it again. And it didn't work. Some people think that prayer is like the fire extinguisher in case of emergency only. They go look and they say emergency use. You know, we have fire extinguishers all over the church. Thank God we've never had to use them around here. But they're there. We have somebody who comes and inspects them regularly because we never use them. Don't let your prayer life become like that. Many people think it's only for emergencies. And man, and i got to do this. And so it, it becomes like that. Many people think it's a tug of war. Like, man, if I, if I somehow I keep pulling on God and keep pulling on God, I'll get what I want. And so as we go through this understanding of prayer, I want to remind you today that prayer is this incredible tool. It's an incredible gift that God has given us. He designed you to pray and he wants you to pray and he loves to hear from his children. 
God loves to hear from his children. Would you read that with me? God loves to hear from his children. Look at the verse here in Psalm 103, verse 13. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Our our heavenly father, Jesus taught us to pray, your father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, right? Our father. What's What's he saying here? The Lord is like a father. Jesus understood this. Your father, now catch this, your heavenly father is interested in the details of your life. Did you catch that? Your heavenly father is interested in the details of your life. Jesus told us that that God has the hairs of our head numbered. And it's not the same for everybody. Some of us, there's not too many numbers on that head. Some of you... There's way too many numbers on that head, right? Man. And you know what? God knows how many of them are gray and how many of them are natural. I mean, he knows it all, right? God knows everything. And look, by the way, this is all natural. You don't just see that every day. I just like, I like to show it off. It's really fun to watch it on a video. For those that are watching at home, I look like I'm glowing sometimes. I'm like, man, a day, you know? But let me tell you this. God is interested in every detail of your life. And if he's interested in every detail, how do we know that? Well, because he's like a father and he's tender and compassionate to those who fear him. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're his child. And he says that he's like a father to you and he's interested in everything that you're interested in. He is tender and compassionate. Boy, you know, I realize for some of us growing up, you didn't have a dad that modeled that. Well, that's because our dads are earthly dads and they're human and they're fallen. Jesus, our God in heaven, is the father. He's the perfect father. I'll never forget at one point my dad and I had a discussion while I was in high school. I'll never forget I wanted to go to Haiti here with the church on a mission trip. And as we were rounding up funds to go on a mission trip, I went out shoveling snow. I mean, I told you I had energy. When I was a teenager, I thought I was going to be a millionaire. And then God called me into the church work. <laughs> and so I took a shovel. And I went out and I would shovel your, your walkway. I would shovel your driveway down there in Dormont. And that's why I love living down there because the houses were so close. I made more money every time it snowed. I would go out after the first inch. I'd go out again after the second inch. I mean, i just keep those walks clean. And I went down there and I shoveled that snow. And I'll never forget, I slipped. Some lady had a, a, a piece of marble up by her porch. And I slid on the marble, and I went down, and I broke my ankle. And that was like February, and we were going off to Haiti in the spring, and I still had all this money to raise, and I couldn't wait to go. And I'll never forget trying to talk about this with my dad, and my dad had little interest. It just wasn't on his radar. He was doing work, and and I had even had a discussion with him. I said, Dad, you're just not interested in the things I'm interested in. Let me tell you, your heavenly Father is interested in what you are in. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Look here at 1 John 5, verses, verse 14 to 15. We can be confident in approaching God. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He, what's it say? He hears us. Verse 15. And if we know that he hears us, 
Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. The Lord hears his children. And when we come and we're going to talk about this in the next couple of weeks, how to ask according to his will. But he says, we, whatever we ask in his name, we know that we have. You want to talk about faith. You want to talk about, hey, I don't need much faith. I have a big God. I've, I've, I've thought about this before. I don't know that I have great faith. I know that I have a great God. You don't need great faith. You need a mustard seed of faith. That's it. You just need a little drop of faith in this magnanimous, incredible God of the universe. And so when we come to him and we pray, look what he says there. I love that. Verse 14. We are confident. We can know. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask according to his will. So if I come along according to the will of God, he hears. And so we'll, we'll develop that in the days to come. But understand this, folks. The prayer is a, a prayer is a conversation that you get to have with God. Whenever you meet with him, you get to talk to him. You get to hear from him through his word. I want to encourage you to, to use the Bible as you pray. That's why I've given you this book here, The 21 Days of Prayer. Each, each one of these prayers are prayers of the Bible. There are going to be a verse in there every day, a prayer from the Bible that you can actually pray to God. And as we jump into there, we're going to see God move. We're going to see him answer prayer. And uh, a prayer is a conversation with God. And prayer is, is a relationship, folks. It's not a ritual. It's not like, well, you know what, if I just rub the lamp the right way... Prayer is a relationship with God, and it's not a ritual. And so you know people with, uh, from many different religions, and they all have rituals. Well, God is not about rituals. He's about a humble heart that seeks him. That's my second point to that this morning, is that God has made himself accessible to us. God, now think about this. The God of the universe says, I'm going to make myself accessible to you. Aren't you thankful this morning that you don't have to have religious language to pray? Uh, I, had, I guess I've got to share this with you. When I was a kid growing up in the church, I would get around and hear different people pray through the years. And some of them prayed in what I call the King James. All right? That was the, the 1611 translation. And they would say, Lord, we thank thee and we believeth thee that thou hast bestowed on us every goodest blessing. And I'd be like a kid. What's he saying? You don't have to have anything special to come before God. I am a butcher of the human language. I'm sorry, the English language. Look at that. I, I'm, my grammar is terrible. My spelling is terrible. When I write a prayer down, God knows how to correct the spelling. Whenever I speak it, God knows the utterings of your heart. Like sometimes I come before God and I'll say to God, I'll say, Lord... What did I get myself into? I say that like weekly. <laughs> Lord, what did I get myself into? Sometimes people will ask me, do you realize what you got yourself into as the pastor? No, because I didn't get myself into this. God put me into it. And the same for you. You can come before God and you just pray. There can be sentence prayers. But he made himself accessible to you. Look here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 8 tells us how that he made himself accessible. He says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by men. 
I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. And so what would happen is in that day, the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they would go out and they would pray and they would stand on the street corner and they would go, Oh, holy God, most high. And they would pray and all the fancy stuff. They would have all the garb of religion on and they would pray so that you could hear them. They would pray to impress you. And if I'm praying to impress you, I'm not impressing God. And you see, Jesus said, don't be like them. They're hypocritical. Their hearts are far from me. Come to the Lord in prayer. He says, when you pray, instead, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What does God reward? Not religion. Not religiosity. He rewards relationship with him. Now, he's not saying here that we should never pray publicly. He's saying when you pray, don't pray to impress others. You see, if I pray to impress you, I've already got my reward. You say, wow, he's pretty spiritual. Wow, look at how he can pray. But if I get alone with God and I pray and I stumble and I stutter, God says, that's what I'm looking for. And you know what? Every one of you can do this. Every one of us can do it. And if, if we have all of this at our hands, why don't we? He says, do not be like them. When you pray, do not keep babbling on and on like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even asked. You know, when my kids were little, I knew everything about their life. I knew when they would get up. I knew when they go to bed. I knew when they woke up in the middle of the night. I know whenever, as they became teenagers, they'd be playing on that phone when they shouldn't have been playing on that phone. I mean, I knew all kind of stuff that they had no clue that I knew about. And I would always watch after and try to love and care for them. And God says, listen, that's what your Father in Heaven does. He says, your Father already knows what you need before you ask. Hebrews 10.22 says, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. And so, folks, I want to encourage you, go before the Lord with sincerity and just meet with the Lord. Uh, God, God loves to answer your prayers. He really does. God loves to answer prayers. Would you say that with me? God answers prayers. We'll read it off the screen. God answers prayers. Now listen, God loves to answer your prayers. He really does. Um, he knows best. God knows best. And so therefore, sometimes you're going to get an answer of yes. Sometimes it's no. And sometimes it is wait. I like what Dave Early says in the opening of his book. He says some people refer to this as yes, no, and slow. God is on a different timetable than you and I are. And we get to come before him and pray. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know.
Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. But what do we do as Americans? We go and get another self-help book. We find another diet. We find another way to redo everything in our life. We find another way to organize our time. We find another self-help seminar. We go to another great leadership seminar. And we do everything else but call upon the Lord God Almighty. And God says, call on me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Folks, God doesn't answer if you don't ask. I shared that a few weeks ago, and when I said it, a few eyebrows raised. But I want you to catch this. God doesn't answer your prayer if you don't pray it. God's giving you this tool. I believe that God is working, and there are many things that He's doing without me asking Him. But I want you to imagine going into heaven, and in heaven, we get there in heaven at the end of our life, and we see this, this big mammoth facility And in it, it's the blessings. It's all the blessings of God. And as you go through, you see all the blessings of God that are all over this place. And yet, there's one place you've got to go through to get the blessings out. And they won't let the blessings come out because you didn't ask. And imagine that you've died and gone to heaven, and you get there one day, and you walk around and you say, What is all of this? And God says, Those were the blessings that I wanted to give to you. But you never asked. I'm not saying that you'll be healthy, wealthy, and wise. I'm not saying that you'll be without problems. But I am saying, what if you were to get to heaven and find out that there are things that didn't happen in your life because you did not humble yourself in the sight of an almighty God and pray and ask Him. I want every blessing... And I know you do as well. And I'm giving you the tool to get every blessing in your life. And sometimes God will say yes. Sometimes he'll say no. Sometimes he'll say wait. I like this prayer. The very first day in the 21 days of prayer, the prayer is this. Lord, give me success today. Would you say that with me? Lord, give me success today i just give you the back story here, and then we're going to close with communion and prayer this morning. Um, I want you to think with me about this. Here, here was a man named Abraham. God made a promise to Abraham. He says, I'm going to make you a father of a nation. He was old. He was barren. His wife was barren. Uh, they were too old to have kids at this point anyhow. And God says, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. And so here they are at 100 years old having a baby. God provides a baby, Isaac. Uh, God says, I want you to sacrifice Isaac. And so, no, he doesn't sacrifice. Uh, he goes up. He goes, he's ready to sacrifice. And God stops the sacrifice and provides another sacrifice. So we see over and over God's blessing. And listen, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what was going on in Abraham's mind. If you go to Genesis chapter 24, you'll see that Abraham is now 140 years old. Um, his wife has passed, and he's 140 years old, and he has Isaac that's a bachelor. He was a 40-year-old bachelor at this point. Now, could you imagine that? Um, here's this guy, has a promise from God that he's going to make a nation out of him. And so he finally gets one son, and then 
His son doesn't get married. His son is a bachelor. He was probably like people thought I was going to be, a bachelor to the rapture. You know, like he was just going to live for God, single forever, right? And so he was a bachelor, and, uh, and God said, uh, Abraham, uh, Abraham had a promise from God. Abraham grabs his servant, Eliezer, and he says, Eliezer, I want you to go back home. All the women around here are the Canaanite women. They're the enemy. Uh, these are the pagans. I want you to go back home, and I want you to find a wife for my son. Now, could you imagine your dad doing that for you? Hey, go, go 450 miles trip and find a, a wife for my son, and don't even take my son. Just bring her back. That was some time to live, wasn't it? It would have been a lot easier. Don't let my son marry a Canaanite woman. Go back and get this. And look look what he does. He's approaching this place. He go, he's on his way there. Genesis 24, 12. Then he prayed, O Lord God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. So this is the servant He's the head servant. So he goes, he's got his caravan, he's got his camels, and he goes out there and he says, Lord, please give me success today, Lord. Give me success. Show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside the spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a girl, please let down your jar that I may have a drink And she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one that you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And so what does does he do? He goes up and look at the very next verse here, verse 15. Before, what's it say? He had what? Before he finished praying. God was already answering. Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethel, son of Machala, uh, who was the wife of Abraham's brother, Nabor. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels, too, until they've finished drinking. And Eliezer got to see the promise fulfilled. Eliezer got to see a prayer answered. And folks, I want you to see prayers answered in your life, too. This is a prayer that you can pray. Lord, give me success today. When you're praying for something of God, Lord, give me success today. Many of you in our church have businesses. Go out and do your business and ask the Lord to give you success today. And your families, ask the Lord, give you success. In your job, you may not own the company, but you work for somebody. Lord, give me success today. You know, whenever I come into the church, this is my prayer for 2024. Lord, give me success today. And I'm asking the God of heaven to pour out His Spirit upon our church. Do a fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God Almighty. Lord, give me success today. And I want to invite you to begin to pray with me like that. And then you'll begin to share. Eliezer, you go and you read the passage. He begins to share. But you know what he did? He prayed specific. 
I'm going to ask you to begin to pray specific. You know, when we just say, Lord, bless me, I don't even know what that means. But I want to encourage you to pray, Lord, give me success. And as you go through these 21 days of prayer, pray these prayers. Get alone with God. Pray with your spouse. Pray with your kids. Pray with your church. We're going to have a special prayer meeting in a few weeks on a Sunday night. Pray with your church. And so today, as we close our service, we're going to have communion. I'm going to ask the men that are serving communion, if you'll come forward, please, and serve the communion at this time. And as they come and they gather the communion and and distribute to you, this is how we're going to close today. I'm going to ask you to take that communion and hold it in your hand and hold over the bread. And I'm going to ask you to pray over the bread and ask the Lord's blessing upon this bread. This bread represents the body of Jesus Christ that was broken for you. The sinless body of Jesus Christ. The sinless body of Jesus Christ that was broken for you. That you might have eternal life. Gentlemen, you may serve the congregation, please. Everyone retain the bread until everyone has been served. The bread is on the bottom portion of the cup. Thank God this morning for His grace upon your life. Thank Him for loving you. that Jesus blessed that we're going to partake together Father God we thank you for this bread that you've given to us Lord and we say thank you thank you Lord for what this symbolizes the broken body that was given for me for everyone in this place that we might have eternal life Lord be adored as your people worship you in Jesus name we pray As we open up the juice, we're going to close our service just a little differently here today. I'm going to ask the men that I've asked to pray, if you'll come forward right here in front of the altar here and bring your juice with you. I'm going to ask these three men, these are deacons and pastors of our church, to pray. And they're going to thank God 
Al Finney, if he'll come and join us. We're going to start with Wade, then Roger, and then Al will close us in prayer. And I want you to just, we're going to close our service in prayer. You know, sometimes God's convicting me. Sometimes we come and we talk about prayer, but we don't pray. So let's close the first service of our new year praying. And as they're praying, as God leads you, you take and you drink the cup and you privately thank him for it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we seek him for 2024. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this uh, service and for this time we can be together. And Lord, we thank you for 21 days of prayer. Lord, we pray that it would be 365 days of prayer. And Lord, as as we come before you, Lord, and humble ourselves, Lord, we just pray that you will look on us and have favor on on us. And, and you've been so good in 2023, and uh, we look forward to 2024. Lord, help us to seek you and, and just look for that relationship with you and the things that you've asked for us, that we'll be sensitive to those things. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your house today. We just pray for each one in the auditorium that had a greater hunger for your word this year, a greater desire to get closer to you. And Lord, we know that there's power in prayer. We know if we can, it's a privilege to pray. And, you know, your word says to rejoice always, pray without ceasing and everything give thanks. And we know that, Lord, as we humble ourselves before you, you'll move in a mighty way. And we just pray that we'll be persistent in our prayer life, uh, not only for these 21 days, but throughout the year. Uh, just to keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on asking, and give you the praise and glory for the results that's going to take place. We just pray that you will be honored at all this in our Savior's name. Amen. Father, I agree with uh, my brothers this morning. And Father, we just desire to bless your name. We ask you to hear us. We ask you to help us. Father, we're trusting that you will uh, guard our moments with you guard our moments with our families dear father we just want to say thank you in advance for all that you're going to accomplish throughout these next 21 days and as wade mentioned even throughout this next year father we are just privileged to be a part of what you're doing and father we want to say thank you we love you lord in jesus name amen amen aren't you glad you're here today What a powerful God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. My prayer is that as we go out into 2021, actually 2024, (laughs) I got 21 on the brain. I told you God knows what I'm saying. Sometimes you do too. Let's ask the Lord to move mightily. Commit to prayer. Let's do it. Let's start today. And let's join the global movement God is calling worshipers around the world. And he's used our church to have a small part in that. Amen. Let's stand together and be dismissed. God bless you. Have a great week in prayer.